Hello and welcome to episode number 36 of News of the Nerd, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, comic books and anything else remotely nerdy. I am Jason and I'm here with my brother slash co-host Ben. Bonjour. Hello Ben, how are we doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. I was fully debating just going, I am okay Jason, how are you? Yeah, we've replaced Ben with a, a lesser name version of Ben, but unfortunately uh, he is French. No, I am French. I can't say that. <laughs> you can say that, and he just did, and it's staying in, because French. <laughs> Fuck the French. Definitely can't say that. I'm joking, I'm joking. We love the French, and I think we've got some listeners in France, so bonjour. Oui, oui. Uh, no, I, I, I went before we started recording. No, I went before we started recording. But no, I am good. Feeling very ADHD today, so this is going to be a very good episode. Great. That's <laughs> just what we need. All right, Tony the Tiger. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're, we've not got like one big thing to talk about today, um, but we've got some we've, news. We've got a normal episode for once. Yes, yeah, we've got some news to discuss. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's some, some big bits. To be fair, though, I, I do feel like these are... This is not a normal episode anymore. These are the special episodes where we just talk normally. Yes. Normally we have a subject. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Right, so shall we start with... The biggest news. Okay, the biggest biggest news. news. The biggest news, I believe, is the cast of Fantastic Four has been revealed. Come on, Daddy Pascal! And with a brilliant poster as well. Oh, it's. Do you know what? I feel like it was just so subtle. Yeah, they just posted Happy Valentine's Day. Like it weren't like a. They didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, so Marvel posted a Valentine's Day message with with a a bit of artwork that honestly, initially, I scrolled past it because I thought it was it was some sort of fan art or a comic book cover. Or something yeah. like that. I didn't realise at first when I saw it that it was the official announcement. And then, like, as I scrolled past, I was like, wait a minute, that was Pedro Pascal. And went back up. And yes, it is a fantastic bit of artwork showing uh, the four cast members, uh, which are Pedro Pascal Pedro as Pascal. Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, Ebon Moss Bacharach as The Thing. Yes. And Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. Just that so, you asking um, me or telling me? You're normally terrible with names. I thought like that would have been a fuck you up a bit. <laughs> the only person that I've not really seen much of is Ebon Moss Bacharach. I told you ages ago to watch The Bear because you will like The Bear. Yeah, I haven't got round to it yet. I know I'll like it. I've seen clips of it, and I know I will like it. I just haven't got around to watching it yet. Yeah. Joseph Quinn, so, I think that is a fantastic casting for Johnny I mean, Storm. let's start from the top. So Pedro Pascal is probably the name on there people will be most familiar with. Um, yeah. I mean, arguably Vanessa Kirby as well, but Pedro Pascal, I think, has had a, 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 a just a really great run recently. So, oh God! For the, since Game of Thrones, he's just non-stop. Yeah. So, like everyone on the planet watched Game of Thrones, 
So he was, uh, I, I, I remember him, but I can't remember the guy's name. Who did he play? Oberyn Martell. Oberyn Martell. And I yeah. think that was probably... An eye-popping He's... performance. Hey! <laughs> I see what you did there. I like that. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I feel like that was like season four, season five, so probably about 2015. Possibly. 2016, um, and I think since then he's just been everything. I mean, more recently, he's he was in The Last of Us, which again was a fantastic series. We talked about that on this podcast. Um, we went in depth on that one and talked about how much we loved that show beginning to end. Uh, he is the he, he's in The Mandalorian, he's mostly the voice in The Mandalorian. Let's be honest, he I don't think he's in the suit most of the that time. That's not a bad thing. That is not no. a bad thing. I'm just saying, do you know, have we discussed before who is actually in the suit? Have I told you who that is? We have discussed it. I can't remember his name. It is It is the son of John Wayne. Is it the son of a grandson? Oh, it's the grandson of John Wayne. It is Brendan Wayne, which just, it, it fits so well when uh, it is basically a space western. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so people might know his voice from The Mandalorian and his face from that one episode. Um, just like, just quick really stuff off is like the, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Kingsman. I love that film. It's I great. It's a great film. Unbearable weight of massive talent. Kingsman, Golden Circle, Triple Frontier is in The Great Wall. The Mentalist. He, he was in. It might not have been a fantastic film. But he was in Wonder Woman 1984, and I think one of my favourite parts of that film was yeah. him. Uh, but yeah, so I I think he... Narcos, obviously. I've never watched it. But yeah, I think he has the potential to be a really great Mr. Fantastic. Uh, Vanessa Kirby. Again, great actress. Yeah, so most recently she's been in Napoleon, which I haven't watched yet, so I can't really comment on. I think the first thing I recognised from as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, she's from About Time. Yeah, she is. She's the friend. She's from About Time, which is... The essence of what, British film. Just, yeah, like, honestly... I've rewatched what, it so many times. Such such a clever little film as well. To like, yeah. Like, we're going to do a time travel film. We've got basically no budget, so we don't need to do any fancy special effects tell you what he can go and stand in a wardrobe and when he comes out he's back in time we don't need to change the set dressing because he's not going to go back years and years he's going to go back to last thursday <laughs> uh, it's just it is just such a great film we did i feel like we should do an episode on time travel tra- time travel movies yeah yeah definitely i feel like that'd be a good episode um she was in imitation game she was a few of the Fast and Furious for the 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 Everest, which is such a great film. I haven't seen Everest. Everest is really good. I think my favourite piece of casting here is Ebon Moss Bacharach uh, as The Thing. Um, and so he's, he's been in Andor. A lot of people will recognise him from that. But 
by far his biggest role, and I think his most recognisable role, is in The Bear. And like I said, if you've not watched The Bear yet, seriously, give it a go. It 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 really is such a fantastic film about like that industry kind of yeah. It, it's it's the high pressure kitchen environment, but it's yeah. There's, there's just I, like I, I don't I feel want like to spoil is, it, but there's so much. I feel more like this to is it. why I've not got round to it because it'll just give me PTSD from working <laughs> in kitchens. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely give that a, a go. Um, so something interesting that I read earlier is he will actually be the first Jewish actor to play the thing in live action. Okay. Uh, which feels like a uh, a good step forward because it's part of Ben Grimm's character. He is Jewish. And then uh, Joseph Quinn. I think most people are going to know Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things. Uh, he was one of those characters. Stranger Things does this every series. They introduce a new fan-favourite character just so they've got someone to kill off in the final episode and give it some emotional weight because they refuse to kill off any of the core characters. Unless he returns, we don't know. Well, I feel like he might be a bit busy now. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he played Eddie in the last series of Stranger Things. Um, the scene with the guitar. Oh. Yeah, Eddie, the guitar-playing D&D nerd, like bad boy with a heart of gold. It's like every nerd we know. But, yeah, I really enjoyed Eddie's character, and... I, I just, I knew from fairly early on that they were going to end up killing him because that is just what they do. Just what happens. He was also, he was also in Game of Thrones. I mean, he's an English actor, so yeah. <laughs> All available English actors like, we need you. <laughs> we're running out of actors. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's going to be able to pull off a really great, like, the, the it's the, you know... Cocky, arrogant, uh, hothead. No pun intended. But like that's that's what Johnny Storm is, isn't he? Chidot's also um, funny. Is that Pedro Pascal and Joseph Quinn are both going to be in Gladiator too? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I, I feel really positive about this casting. Yeah. Um, like all four, I think, are really interesting choices. I feel like the the. The the one that's playing against type most is Pedro Pascal. Yeah. But he is such an uh, accomplished actor already. Like, we, we know that he's capable of a lot of diversity in his roles. He has such a spectrum of what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, like, for once, we're not talking about the autistic spectrum on this podcast. We're talking about his acting spectrum. <laughs> Risen with the tism. So I, I reposted this poster onto the News of the Nerd Facebook page, and the uh, the caption that I put with it was that the worst-kept MCU secret since No Way Home has now been confirmed. Because I think we, we've all known for quite a while that Pedro Pascal was going to be Mr. Well, there Fantastic. was that rumor, and you were like, "Well, it's not being confirmed. It is just, it's just a rumor." I was like, "Yeah." Well, yeah, it it was just a rumor, and then it got added to his uh, like SAG after profile. So yeah, like we've known it was coming, uh, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what's going to to start. What other casting is going to start being announced now? Because now we've announced the big four. I imagine 
they will slowly start drip feeding us other bits of casting. Yeah. Well, the script's said to have been done, but they are very they're keeping the plot very under wraps. Yeah. Well, this is which being I feel released. like if, if they announced soon, if they before a trailer, I feel like they'll wait for a trailer to kind of announce the casting of the the enemy because I feel like that will then give us no. Sort of the plot. I, I don't think they will. Um, but this is being released on the second of May next year, so I would imagine we're going to be filming soon. Yeah, uh, to be able to get it get it edited and get the visual effects because there's going to be a lot of visual effects in this. Oh God, everyone everyone's power has needs visual effects. Yeah, I mean Vanessa Kirby is uh, is is I guess the easiest to do. She just doesn't have to turn up to set if she doesn't want. Just just <laughs> send send do a voiceover. <laughs> send a, vo- a voice note over message. <laughs> but yeah, so this is being released on the second of May, which was the release date for. The Thunderbolts. So that is now going to release in July next year. So uh, slated for 2025, we've got the Fantastic Four. We've got Captain America, Brave New World, the Thunderbolts, and Blade. I don't think Blade's going to come out next year, honestly, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's still there's lots of rumours as to the villains going to be. Galactus keeps uh, being rumoured, and where there's Galactus, there's the Silver Surfer. I've seen rumors yeah. that there's going to be ever we're going to use a female herald of Galactus, uh, whether it's the Silver Surfer or not, because I think that there have been, there has been a female herald, yeah, at least one in the comics. Um, but I think no matter what, no matter whether Galactus is the main villain or not, I think Doctor Doom will definitely be a part of this as well. I feel like you, you can't do a Fantastic Four origin story without including Doctor Doom in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this poster is it looks very 60s. And we've talked before about how that might work, how uh, these could be the big heroes of their time in their universe and then get pulled into the main MCU yeah. timeline afterwards, which... Seems like a possibility now. There's also so one of them is it Ben Grimm is reading a magazine. Uh, yeah, Ben Grimm's reading a magazine, and you can't quite tell what it is, but it looks very similar to um, an issue of Life that was released. I think it was 1963. Well, there's the robot as well that looks very. Um... Fallout, which is like 60s, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 1963, uh, that issue of Life magazine that Ben Grimm looks to be reading was released. So it looks like it could be set in the early 60s, which I think is very cool. The outfits are very 60s. Yeah, and I think they could they could use these for this one film and then... They'll get something, get an updated version further down the line in uh, Avengers, Secret not Kang Wars. Dynasty. Yeah. So, yeah, that is all very cool. Um, it's been a big week for Marvel because we've also had the first trailer for Deadpool 3. We have. It does kind of feel like Madame Web came out and then Marvel was just like, we're just going to release all our big news now. And just bury Madame Web. 
It's it, the, so they've also changed the name of it. Yeah, well, I've, it's been rumored for a while what it might be called. You know, Deadpool three, Deadpool versus Wolverine. Um, I saw that one of the things that got patented was just called Deadpool and Friends, which I quite liked. Makes it sound like oh. a Saturday morning cartoon. But yeah, so Deadpool and Wolverine. So the trailer actually broke the viewing record. It did. So it was the record that was previously set. By No Way Home. By No Way Home, yeah. And it it had something like 365 million views in the first 24 hours. Yeah, so Deadpool and Wolverine had 365 million views in the first 24 hours, whereas No Way Home had 355 so I feel like 10 million views is not a small amount to surpass no. either. It is impressive. And we've said before that, you know, Deadpool Deadpool cuts through to to audiences that wouldn't normally be bothered about an MCU film. And I think especially the inclusion of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in there. Um even though it's not even it's a very small part, isn't it? It's literally a shadow. In the in the trailer, yeah, but in the yeah. film. No, like that's the film's I mean. called Deadpool and Wolverine. So, um, I was, like we we get some stuff confirmed that was rumored in there. So the TVA being a part of this film is confirmed. Um, which is a, a very odd. Just even though it were rumored, just seeing it was very odd. It feels odd now that the TVA has changed. The like u- at the end of Loki, the series uniforms two, are different now. Yeah. At the end of Loki Series 2, the TVA isn't doing what it did before. It's not like clearing up any timeline that isn't the sacred timeline. It's now like protecting the timelines against Kang. But, you know, they exist kind of... Is Deadpool being recruited? They exist like outside of time, so maybe this is the TVA before Loki? Yeah. Who knows? Because it can't be a different TVA. I mean... You'd, you'd imagine not. Because multiverse it exists beyond all the multiverses, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but so, like, right at the beginning of this trailer, we get some uh, some returning cast confirmed. Like, some of these had been rumoured. Some of these were a surprise. Uh, so you've got... I can't even remember his name. Like, one of the guys from the the mercenaries bar that, that Wade used to go to is in oh, there. Yeah. Uh, you've got Shatterstar is in there. You've got Domino. Um, is Domino there? In the very first. Because I don't remember seeing Domino, and that's something I was going to mention. I've got it up now, so let's have a look. So there's Shatterstar. We've got Dapinda, obviously. Had to come back. Uh, Colossus is there. Oh, no, have... no, it was, it was Shatterstar. Yeah. Thanks. You've got uh, Colossus is there, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, and Yukio, which we were saying we hoped that both of these would be back. And what's the guy with no powers? What's he called? Ken. Peter. Peter. Something like that. I think it's Peter. (laughs) It's just the the face that he gives. He's like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Uh, Blind Al is there. And Vanessa. I I hope we treat Vanessa better in this film. I hope we don't kill her off right at the beginning again because that really did feel like su- such a poor choice. I, like I, one of my pet peeves, like you know, the, the entire first film is about this relationship, and then to kill her off right at the beginning of the sequel just feels like such a, a, a like fuck you. It's like. <laughs> 
can kind of invalidate though, it? It kind of invalidates the entire first film that like none of that actually matters because she's just gonna die right at the beginning of the next one. Um it reminded me of this is such a stupid comparison. <laughs> Ted. Remember Ted 2? Like yeah. Ted, like it's all about that relationship between uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis. Yeah. And then uh, like the, the whole thing is is them them repairing their relationship or growing apart and coming back together, Ted saving their relationship, like literally sacrificing his life at one point to save their relationship. And in the sequel, they've just broken up and she's not in it at all. And it's like, well, what was the point in all that then? They couldn't get her back. It just... It's like, I'm not being sexually harassed by a bear for another movie. <laughs> and that might be a strange comparison, but that's the sort of thing it reminded me of. I think my favourite thing in this movie, the comment about, I'm not new to pegging, but Disney are. Yeah, which <laughs> is, a, a, you know, it's a nice callback to Deadpool 1. There's the... Uh, the the holidays the holidays of the year little yeah. montage and in one of them he gets pegged. <laughs> um, I'm glad that his wig didn't last long because no, that, that is terrifying. Really so I'm glad that that gets ripped off. Yeah, but it was purposefully ripped off. It's not like they do they're trying to grab him or out. They literally just take the hair off him. Like this looks ridiculous. Take it off. It's like get rid of that shit. <laughs> The TVA um, looks different, though. Like, everything about it looks very different. It does, but, you know, obviously this is a TVA done on a movie budget. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's more to it than we think. Maybe they're not the real TVA. Maybe they're posing as the TVA. Yeah, but also... Um, so, do you know when the suit's hung up in the locker? Yeah. He's wearing a name badge that says Wade. What, a TVA name badge? I don't know, because it looks like a Tesco name badge. <laughs> Deadpool working for Tesco now. Apparently. Let me see if I can find... Oh, okay, yeah, no, it does look like he's working for a shop, doesn't it? Like some sort of... Yeah. American... Like I... there, there will be tra- trailer breakdowns that know exactly what that is, but it's not. It's not like a logo I recognise. But there's like, a, I don't know, there's a, some suits in bad that look like Fantastic Four suits, but that's a stretch. They're just blue and a bit of black. Yeah. Um, there, there's a quick shot of what seems to be Wolverine in uh, his white suit, which he has worn in the comics. Um, yeah, in the casino. Yeah, and I think it went, so in the comics, he wore that when he was hiding out in Madripoor. Which yeah. we've had in a few things before. I think they went to Madripoor in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, because it's a very yeah, and I'm sure if if they've not been to Madripoor again since, it's definitely been mentioned since. Um, but I have seen people online saying, even though it's like the back of his head, that it just doesn't look like the build of Hugh Jackman. Uh, if you want to have a look at it, it is about one minute and 20 seconds into the trailer. Just before that, there's like... Just before that bit, there's like a bold person Oh, well, that's chair. Cassandra Nova. So we discussed this before, that Cassandra Nova is, is going to be the villain, a villain, uh, of Deadpool 3, and is uh, 
Charles Xavier's twin sister. I feel like he's also this... bald. But I thought, I, I swear Xavier's bald because of something. It depends which version of the X Men continuity you're following. Um, but I feel like in this, because it's a multiversal film, she might be like just a variant of Professor X. Yeah. I also think that Wolverine's hair spikes look really way too big. Well, I, it, <laughs> it looked really that, tall. That shot with the white suit. All of them. The shadow as well. Well, I have seen people um, theorising that this version of Wolverine in the white suit is the long-rumoured Daniel Radcliffe version of Wolverine. It does sit like him. <laughs> I mean, you can't really tell anything from the back of his head, can you? But that's it does sit like Daniel Radcliffe. Just the conversations I've seen online. I love um, how um, Wade's just seemed to, throughout the trailer just seems to have little tufts of hair. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be mentioned at all. Is is it just like is is it bits of his wig that were stuck on? Same we see what seems to be. Quite a lot of the shots that we saw pictures of the filming in the quarry uh, just before yeah. the writers' strike, um, and there is a giant destroyed 20th Century Fox logo behind him. Now, I think this is the void where they get sent. Yeah, so I think that most of this trailer. Is like the first in the first fifteen minutes of the film. I don't think this is showing as much of the film at all. So I, I well, think he's you know, fighting TVA agents in in the trailer. Yeah, like I, in the I, snow. I think he's going to refuse to work with them. He's going to get pruned and sent to the void, and then fight his way back. The void looks much nicer than it did. <laughs> um, I mean, there is also uh, there's a shot of. Uh, there's a TVA agent shackled. He's on his yeah. knees. He's shackled by his wrists. He gets attacked by Eliath, the big smoke monster that lives in the void in Loki. Yes, yeah. I did wonder what that was, but yeah, it's the little purple. It's the purple smoky shit. Yeah, people like hoods and masks pulling out some sort of weird yeah. antenna thing, but. I, I do think you're right in it being the void because in the back of this shot that I'm looking at, you can see the alien from New York. Yeah, is that one of the big like, whales? Big yeah. space whale things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think most so of So when I said trailer, this whole move is in a quarry, it's no, all in a quarry. I think most of this trailer, obviously we see that we go to Madripoor at some point. Um, we, we, we get confirmation of... What seems to have been quite a well-kept secret. I don't know if this was common knowledge. I didn't know it. Aaron Stanford has, is returning as Pyro. After 18 years, he was in uh, the the original X-Men trilogy. With the goggles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he, he was last seen in uh, X-Men Last Stand. I like the little... Call back to the first Deadpool film. Now with the wait, wait. Yep, and I'm really hoping he's going to say this guy wore his orange pants. Uh, and then obviously we see the iconic shadow of of Wolverine 
drawing his claws. And it, it sounds like that is the first meeting of Deadpool and Wolverine, which is what makes me think that this is all very early on in the film. Yeah. Because the film is called Deadpool and Wolverine. So he's not meeting him halfway through. Like, surely he's meeting him in the first act. Yeah, a little shot of the of the costume as well. Very little shot. Yeah, yeah, you do get a quick a quick shot. And, like, this trailer has been put together so purposefully just to give you that little hint of the comic-accurate costume of the uh, the yellow and blue. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it looks great um, from from the little we see. Like, the, the, the suit itself, the film as a whole, like, it, I, I have high hopes for it. You can't tell a lot from this other than you know it's keeping a very similar tone i think that was one of the worries when disney announced that they were going to be making a deadpool film was that it would be toned down but it's keeping a lot of the same tone it's keeping the meta jokes he does the look to camera when he uh, yeah when he mentions disney he he proclaims himself as marvel jesus and says he's going to <laughs> i am uh, the messiah yeah, and he says your cinematic universe. So he's calling out the MCU like by name that your cinematic universe is going to change. Um, and then, like I say, there's the giant destroyed 20th Century Fox logo. Like obviously the joke being that 20th Century Fox has now been sent to a void after the Disney merger. I love that bit at the start. <laughs> Do you know when he gets pulled into TVA? Anyway, something they're like, you soiled yourself while you're unconscious. He's like, I wasn't unconscious. <laughs> I, it just it feels so truly Deadpool, this trailer. It really does. They've released a couple of really good posters for it as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen them. So the one that they released first was, it was what, like one of those Love Heart necklaces. Um. With, uh, yeah, yeah, designed to be worn by two people and they fit together and half of it is like Deadpool's logo and half is Wolverine's logo. Um, and then the other one that they released on Valentine's Day was the two hands, so Deadpool's hand and Wolverine's hand doing the little love heart, doing the little love heart shape. I like, I like the D plus W little. Do you know what I like though? If you notice the hands, the, the suit is the same. Yeah. Like it's the exact same, just colors, different colors. Yeah. And if previous Deadpool films are anything to go by, the marketing campaign leading up to the release is like just as fun as the films. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's something that that the meta nature of that character just allows them to have a bit more fun with. Uh, so I think for both of the previous ones, Ryan Reynolds recorded things in character as Deadpool. Uh, to put out. I feel like any marketing that Ryan Reynolds does is great. Like, he's marketing for it. If. Oh, if, yeah. Like, that's just, that trailer's great. Yeah, because they, they brought back a joke from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the best Office jokes that they did. One of the best pranks with Jimmy Woo. Yeah, so the prank from The Office where where yeah. Randall Park pretends that he is Jim and has been all along is what they do in this and uh, yeah so Randall Park pretends that he is John Krasinski and has been all along and 
Because <laughs> I've got a new for not seeing race. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds is is very confused by it. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it was a fun little, a fun little bit of marketing, and very clever to bring back, like one of probably like one of the most famous and most beloved gags from the US yeah. office. So moving on. So I just wanted to mention, um, because obviously earlier you were talking about Fantastic Four being on the release date of the Thunderbolts instead because everything got pushed back. There's actually quite a few Netflix series that have been pushed now. Any Anything good? Anything interesting? Anything we care about? Yeah, things that I care about. I don't know about you. Okay. Um. So Strange Things 5 was due to begin filming in May 2023, but they've literally only just begun. Okay. So that's going to be pushed back well into 2025. I always enjoy watching Stranger Things, and I will watch this series, I think because it's the last one as well. But also, like, I don't think... I don't think it's quite worth the hype. I think the first series, I thought, was fantastic. And since then, I feel like they they just do more of the same every series, and they're not really revolutionising anything anymore. Um, it, it just feels like they're cashing in on on that first series being so good. I don't know. I feel like the first season is the worst. Oh no! To me, that was that was the best because it was the most unexpected. Um, it it had those the really creepy horror vibes. Uh, it it really did feel like uh, as a sixties coming of age story. Uh, not sixties, sorry, an eighties coming of age story. Um, and since then, it's not really felt like that. Like it's it's set in the eighties, but it doesn't feel as eighties uh, in any other way other than like I say the setting. I do feel like the last season for me were one of the best. And it came so many iconic things, um, specifically from Joseph Quinn's character. So many <laughs> just iconic things Ed, came from that. Eddie. It was Eddie, the Chrissy Wake Up remixes. I yeah, uh, I don't know. Like there's a lot of things I like about it, and I think I think quite often it is the cast. Like Winona Ryder's fantastic in it. And again, in that first series was her at her best for me. Um I also really like Robin though, and she wasn't in series one. So she's been a good addition. Uh but yeah, I like I feel I, like I, I don't... Eleven has become a better character. Yeah, she's over the series. Yeah. Now she's kind of more more of a real teenager and coming yeah. to terms with teenage stuff. I think one of the things that's kind of, and like I say, not like I don't want to sound like I don't like Stranger Things because I do. I just feel like it's become more predictable, especially, you know, after a few series of them following the same kind of formula. Uh, like I said earlier, introducing a new character just to kill them off at the end to give it that emotional weight. At least, I guess, if this was the final series, they could actually kill off some main characters. Which I, I feel like they will. A lot. There's a lot of speculation that Eddie will come back as some sort of because it's it's the only season that's kind of a sequel in a way. 
like at the end of each season, the the, the, the next ma- villain, the, the main villain, the main villain is has been like yeah. done away with. But on this, it is the same villain. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so that's obviously not going to come out well into 2025, really. Yeah, I think the thing that makes me not as bothered about it is that we all know that no matter what happens through the series, Eleven's going to save the day by holding out her hand and screaming at something and and having a nosebleed. Maybe this time she's not. What, she's not going to have a nosebleed? Oh, no, she'll probably have a nosebleed. Oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe she won't save the day. That time doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, so there's that Wednesday is now due to begin filming in late April. Yeah, again, enjoyed watching Wednesday. Uh, really liked... What's her name? Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Really liked Jenna Ortega uh, in, in that. And I I kind of want to see her in more stuff, though. Like... Some of the stuff coming out of it, that Miller's Girl, like, looks, yeah, it Miller's looks Girl fantastic. Looks great. Uh, she's in, she's in one of the new screen films that I've not watched yet. Yeah, and, uh, she's so really, good, really good in that. But looking forward to seeing her there. Um, I get so enjoyed watching it, but to me, there was just a lot of things about it that wasn't the Wednesday Adams I knew or I know or I yeah want like. It's a different take on it, isn't it? Yeah. It's like she could talk the talk as Wednesday Adams. So, like, if someone said that, she, that they were going to torture her, she'd be like, yeah, can't wait. Don't feel for me with a good time sort of thing. But then when it came down to it, she'd try and escape, which I feel like Wednesday Adams wouldn't. She'd enjoy the torture. <laughs> like, that's that's the Adams Family kind of film thing. Uh, like, we are talking about Netflix. We can't. No sadism in here. I mean the, the 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 two the two great Adams family films are like family films and there are a lot of adult jokes in those. And I mean there's a lot of adult jokes in the Simpsons. Well yeah. But yeah, there's also one piece which there's not even been announced when that's gonna go into production yet. I've not seen series one yet. Uh a lot I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. Um and then just a few others that have been definitively said they are not going returning in 2024 some i am looking forward to some i'm not i don't think i've even watched so sweet magnolias um i'm, Ooh, I'm not brilliant. sure ginny and georgia is great what's that at first i thought it was just going to be this kind of chip flick series kind of thing when it's really not it is a lot darker and has got a lot more twists and turns in it okay so it's basically about um a 15 year old and a 30 year old mother who's done a lot of things to try and keep a family together, not necessarily the right things and some quite bad things. And it's kind of just about them. And I thought it was just going to be quite a chill thing, but it's it's a lot darker. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. It very much surprised me. There's The Lincoln Lawyer, The Watcher, Exo Kitty, The Recruit, and Virgin River all have been pushed to at least 2025. Okay. Um, some things that are though is new episodes of Bridgerton, yeah, which I I enjoy. I think is really good. I only watched series one. Series two is really good. I one thing I really like about that is the take on the music 
because it's like a 1800s it's kind of set yeah yeah like a late 1800s spin on traditional yeah on, on pop yeah like it's what westworld used to do yeah westworld was great at that taking like modern songs and just old westing them up yeah and I, I, it just adds so much to a show i think yeah and then uh, there was that great one where they went to shogun world and so you get they so i'm going off on a complete tangent here um they reused scenes from Westworld, so events that would play out in Westworld, they just transferred them over to Shogun World. So you get like the same things happening, but with samurai instead of cowboys. I don't and think the same even, music I hadn't playing, even got that far in Westworld. It, you get the same music playing, but instead of being like old Westified, it's like ancient Japanified. Ancient Japanified. Yeah. Word of the day, people. Japanified. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you look, uh, it's it's the same guy that did it that did the uh, like Game of Thrones soundtrack. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name, but if you look on uh, Spotify, you can see like he, he, his version of Painted Black that's from Westworld, and then his version of Painted Black that's from Shogun World. Shogun World still in Westworld. Uh, well, it's a different. It's a different one of the parks. Westworld is just. It's the first. No, park. as in, it's still in the show Westworld. Yeah, it's not like a spin-off. No, no. Because I've not got that far. Ramen Dishawadi. Yeah. Head. <laughs> yeah, that's his name. But yeah, so other, so Richardson will be returning Cobra Kai, which I know is very popular. It is very popular. I've never seen it, but I have heard very good. You things. know what? I've I've not watched it yet. Uh, Squid Game. Which I know yep. a lot of people are going to be excited for. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to work in a second season. Well, but... I guess we'll find out. Hopefully, it'll uh, it won't look because you know I don't think anyone expected it to be the global phenomenon no. that it became, and I feel like that kind of uh, response can then put a lot of pressure on you yeah. for series two. So uh, yeah, I hope they manage to pull that off. And then the other is Emily in Paris, which I haven't watched, but I know. It has had a very big reception yeah. on Netflix. But yeah, this is just all spin-off from the strikes of 2023. Yeah, well, like we, we, we knew that it was going to have big ramifications. But I feel like we still, we got month on month, we're going to see them ramifications still happening. Yeah. They'll, I reckon there'll be movies that go, we just can't get this ready in time. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk briefly, very briefly, because neither of us as far as I'm aware of seeing it, let's talk about Madame Web. Uh, I just okay. want to talk about the, the the reaction, the response to that. It is now lower on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a lower score than Morbius. It is officially like the lowest rated of Sony's Spider-Man universe films. It's uh, currently at 13%. And I, I don't know about you, but it really makes me want to go and see it. Like... I just just the things I've been hearing about it. I just really want to witness this train wreck of a film, and maybe I'll watch it and I'll be pleasantly surprised, and it won't be as bad as everyone's saying. But I I I want to witness like what the hell has happened. There's there's things on X. Just change it back to Twitter already. People say no matter how bad Madam Web is, I don't think anyone can dethrone Catwoman's. 134 cut 
basketball game as the worst scene in movie history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Halle Berry Catwoman film was 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 a bizarre film. People have got your sentiment of the worse <laughs> the worse I hear Madam Web is, the more excited I am to see it. Yeah, I really do. Do you want? To, shall we go and see it? <laughs> shall we? Shall we just? Shall we just do it? I've still not watched Morbius because it, it sounded like that was just boringly bad. But this sounds like it's like spectacularly bad. It really does. Uh, and you thought the trailer looked pretty good, I remember. I, I think it's just because it's got Sydney Sweeney in it. I, I seem to recall. <laughs> I think it's just because Sydney Sweeney's in it, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I don't backtrack now. I'm not. <laughs> it's still good because she's still in it. There are people on Twitter saying Sydney Sweeney's the only good thing about Madam Web. Just point out that so far I'm winning our predictions. <laughs> I did predict that Madam Web would be the worst film of 2024. What did I say? Or is that you, just something I you believe, said? said Craven. <laughs> Do you know what? I still stand by it. <laughs> I, I mean, still time. think that is going to be worse. But the trouble is... Get, well, just well, Sony need to stay out of things. Yeah, the trouble is all of this adds to people's perceptions of the, the MCU going downhill. Because I have seen so many articles and like articles from like big major newspaper like the times and the guardian that are that describe it in the headline as marvel's latest film and while you know they're kind of right but it's a film based on marvel characters it is not made by marvel studios and that yeah. is the big difference difference between them um and so the, the more that sony keep putting out these shocking films the more people are going to think that MCU's gone to shit. <laughs> but it's also, just... the more Sony keep losing money on these films... The more likely they are to sell it. Yeah, possibly. Or just stop doing... Like, just just keep doing the collaborations with Marvel for the Spider-Man films. Keep doing the, the animated Spider-Verse films, because they're great. But just stop trying to build your own cinematic universe. Like... For one, people are over cinematic universes now. You're about 10 years too fucking late doing this. And two, <laughs> you're not very good at it. Just some of, like, some of the tweets. I, do you know what? Twitter is useless apart from reading tweets about people bitching about things. Yeah, but like... like I think Madam Web may be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Not since Attack of the Clones have I been this shocked at the technical incompetency of a studio film with a pretty high budget. Suicide Squad, I dislike more, but Madam Web is the worst made cape film I've seen. Wow. So, just on my point about cinematic universes, like after the MCU like really took off with Avengers, everyone was trying to make their own cinematic universe. I I can't think of any that actually took off. I mean, the closest that anyone got was DC. And they're having to rebrand. Yeah, they're rebooting now. Universal was launching their Monsters universe and, like, even got as far as casting, like, everybody. We had, there's a, like, a now infamous photo shoot with everyone that's going to be in their Monsters universe. And they did one film, which was The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and it was terrible, and they scrapped the lot. 
Do you think some people might have thought that movie were better if if there wasn't already a mummy movie? The trilogy, which is great. I don't know. I don't know. It was just generally a pretty boring film and and it spent too long. Because this is, you know, everyone again after Avengers, everyone was trying to play catch up in establishing their cinematic universe. And so it spent more time dropping hints at what future films could be coming than it did on just ensuring that it was a good film. I always just have this like image in my head of after the MCU finished its like first phase and second phase, and there's just people in all the different companies' boardrooms going, Marvel came up with this idea in a cave! <laughs> they were on the edge of bankruptcy. <laughs> And they pulled this off. Why can't we? But again, it's because Iron Man was just, it was just Iron Man. They just did an Iron Man film and they stuck Samuel Jackson post credits. They weren't spending the entire film teasing. Thinking of how to set things up. Yeah. They weren't teasing Captain America. They weren't teasing Hulk. They weren't teasing anything else through that film. They just made an Iron Man film and they it gave it good. a start and a finish. And then the same with Hulk. They, whatever people might think to, to the Incredible Hulk, I quite like it, but they just made an Incredible Hulk film. And then there was one scene that was Tony Stark uh, talking to General Ross. And that's it. That's all it needed to connect those two films. One scene, very short scene as well. You don't need to spend your entire film like dropping hints because then you're not focusing on the film that you're actually watching. Which I feel that's that I think that was has been Marvel's problem for a bit. Yeah. I guess the the Amazing Spider-Man films was Sony's first attempt at doing this. Because if you remember in Amazing Spider-Man Two, there's a scene where someone's walking down a corridor in Oscorp, and behind him there's like there's Vulture's wings, and there's Doc Ock's tentacles, and there's there's just hints at all the villains. Yeah, and it's like we we don't need to do this. Focus on the film. Yeah, which was bad. I like the first one. Um, and and obviously they're trying to catch a scene in the second one. Like nothing can. Yeah, yeah, pull yeah. That we've, off. we've discussed that before. That is a, a fantastic scene in a terrible film. But yeah. So while we're talking okay. about Marvel, just a quick one. Rosario Dawson yes. has been very enthusiastic to people get taken to Twitter and things like that. Can we just call it Twitter from now on? People uh, know what yeah. we mean when we say Twitter. Yeah. And even your iPhone, if you type in Twitter, still brings up X. If you go to X.com, it redirects to Twitter.com still. That's how <laughs> poorly they've rebranded. Not they, him. <laughs> it was all him. So yeah, Rosario Dawson has been very enthusiastic in people's calls on Twitter to have her return as her Daredevil character. Claire yes. Temple. Yeah, and she was a great character in that, yeah. Yeah, and just being in it, people have said, like, with the Netflix series now canon, would you be willing to return as Claire? Um, and she's literally put, of course, hashtag unfinished business. That sort of response. So she's she's up for it, do you know what I mean? And I feel like when a actor or actress is so vocally up for a role that is a good role, was 
perceived very well. Yeah, it's something that the fans would want as well. Yeah. Writers and directors go, do you know what? It makes sense. Yeah. Even if it is a smaller role, do you know what I mean? Something They're not going to have to change things for it. But I, th- I think it should be, it'd be great to see her in it. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about... When we're talking about uh, Daredevil being, was there some change on the episode number? I don't know. A few weeks ago, I'm sure we we spoke about that off podcast. I don't know if the episode numbers changed. Um, I I do know, and I'm, I think we spoke about this on podcast that uh, that Karen and Foggy are both back. Yeah, we did. Also, I've now got to the end of Echo, so we can talk um, about Echo. So some spoilers for Echo coming up. And the fact she's got superpowers. Yeah, which we knew anyway. Her hands glowed in, like, episode two. Oh, yeah, because glowy hands means everything. Well, obviously, that su- means she's got superpowers of some sort. Um, But I, I, I think it, it was a good series. Um, like, so I think much it's taken expected. everyone by surprise. The people that have bothered to watch it, yeah. Um. And it just it just reminds how how good Kingpin is and and makes me really excited for him coming back in uh, Daredevil. Um, but yeah, so the at the suit end of, at the end, yeah. I just I thought the suit was great. I I love all the way through that series. Just the the homage to the Chukaway tribe. Yeah. Now, but the thing I was going to talk about is uh, at the end of that, when he gets the idea to run for mayor of New York, which we already know from uh, things that have been spotted on set, is part of the storyline of Daredevil Series 3, is that Kingpin is running for mayor. Uh, I think there have been posters spotted on the set that, you know, like, vote for uh, vote for yeah. Fisk. I was going to say vote for Kingpin. We probably wouldn't call him Kingpin on a mayoral candidate poster. Vote for the Kingpin of crime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, vote for Fisk. And so it basic, basically turns New York into Gotham. <laughs> uh, but from from the end of that, like I'm not, like, is he going to be a reformed character now? Because it seems so. Let's talk about Echo's powers. Echo's powers are healing powers. Yes. And at the end, also, she puts... I don't think they're just healing powers, though. Because they were talking about how all of the women kind of live inside the generations. Yeah. And each episode is that name. And each woman at the start of the episodes that it went through kind of had their own little thing. Yeah, yeah, true. In a way. And especially if she's come from, I cannot remember her name, the very first one. Yeah. Like, they seem like a lot more magical power status. <laughs> well, what does that even mean? What? I don't know. A little bit more than a twinkly hand. But I don't know. So, so maybe, she, maybe she's got a little bit more, but yeah, yeah we've, but we've seen that healing seemed, is a big... Yeah, she seems to be able to heal, and at the end there, she puts her hands on... Fisk's head heals his eye. She heals his eye, but she also because he's having like flashbacks to traumatic periods of his life, and you see that white wall that you 
that that is is such a big part of Daredevil series one. Yeah, um, and she seems to be trying to heal him mentally. Is what I took from it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, is is he going to be a reformed character, or does that just run too deep in who he is? All questions to be answered in your header. Okay, so you you have no thoughts either way. I have no idea. <laughs> okay, okay. So I think that's it really for for our regular kind of news for the the comic book uh, superhero TV and films. Uh, but there's been quite a few other trailers and things released recently. So is there anything in particular you want to discuss? Any other trailers? Let's start with the shortest one, Kung Fu Panda 4. But Kung Fu Panda is always a good time. It is. And I just love that there's some, <laughs> a, lo- a load of bunnies in it with weapons going, violence, violence, violence. Yeah. Like, I feel like they'll, they'll just keep making those films forever. <laughs> Like I wouldn't be surprised as long as Jack Black's alive. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in in like ten years time that another Kung Fu fan, Kung, Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> another Kung Fu. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> we have bloopers again. Actually, we just leave them in now. Yeah, that's how confident we are with our podcasting ability. We're like, fuck the bloopers. You can all listen to our mistakes. Yep. One more time. Kung Fu Panda. You say it slowly. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in 10 years like there's another Kung Fu Panda <laughs> film coming out. <laughs> anyway. I'm the dyslexic one. <laughs> anyway, Kung Fu Panda, yeah, in 10 years. Cool. Yeah. There was the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. King- yeah, the more I see about the more oh it looks fantastic really really want to see that and i really enjoyed the original trilogy that they did there so yeah yeah that's one that i'm really looking forward to and it looks like it's getting closer to the original planet of the apes timeline um because it's got to the point now where apes can talk and humans can't by the looks of it Humans are now the yeah. primitive ones. Is that why they're saying she's smarter than the rest because she can talk? I think possibly. But yeah, it does look fantastic. There was, a, there was another short one for Moana 2, which was, I think, quite a surprise for everyone. Yeah, so that was like the announcement. It does sound like Lin-Manuel Miranda's not going to be a part of that, though, which How does that is work? a shame. Um, I mean, when it was first announced, even Dwayne Johnson hadn't signed up to it yet. I, I think uh, that has now been confirmed. That actually, it will be part of it. But this probably, was originally going try to be and persuade uh, Lynn to join it. I would hope so. This was originally going to be a TV series. This was announced a while ago as a TV series of Moana. And... It was a live action announced. Yeah, yeah, that's separate. Yeah, that's its own thing. Uh, but yeah, this was going to be an a t- animated Moana TV series, which has now been repurposed into a movie. We think it's that good. I think they probably just realised was the audience there for it. And I mean, if it was going to be a Disney Plus series, I think we're moving away from that a bit now. I, I don't think it's been 
the cash cow that they were hoping it was going to be, I think. Because now, like, uh, Turning Red, I don't know if you've watched that. Um, yeah. Brilliant Pixar film that was released straight onto Disney+. Plus. Red Pandas, love them. Now being given a theatrical release. Oh. So I think they are realising that there is still, uh, you know, d- demand for these things to be released in the cinema. Yeah, I think it just took a little bit of time, you know. I think cinemas are slowly recovering. It just took it took it took a lot longer than they thought it would. Yeah, yeah. I think you know after after years of us being told to avoid people at all costs. Yeah, of course, people felt a bit weird about sitting in the cinema again. I was so confused about it because I've been avoiding people for years. <laughs> yeah, there are obviously they are still doing some Disney series because they released the trailer for Iwaju which is going to be a Disney Plus series. It is. Which actually I think looks great. I think it looks all right. I think it looks like it's geared more towards kids. So me. I'll, I'll probably, I'll, you know, I'll wait and see what you'll, the reaction you'll let, is to You'll it let me it watch out. it first and then. <laughs> but it's about a super-powered lizard, basically. Well, which yeah. Which looks great. Yeah, set in a futuristic Nigeria. It gave me kind of Wakanda Hello. vibes. Yeah. The trailer that's been released recently that I found most exciting, other than Deadpool 3. Despicable me. Is no wicked. Oh. Oh. I didn't know if you were even gonna bring this up. Yeah, no, I really like this has been a stage production for twenty years now. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's about time. I think it's one of the most popular stage productions yeah yeah it's hugely popular well yeah you don't get to run for 20 years otherwise well yeah i've seen a lot of people obviously commenting on um ariana grande's look um and i've seen a lot of people defending her saying you do realize you're comparing it to photos of it like 10 years ago yeah <laughs> like people age and she's changed her hair color but I, th- I, th- I think she she looks and sounds fantastic in this and she was obviously she was an actress before pop stardom on the Dis- uh, Disney Channel. Was she in? Was she in a High School Musical films? No. She was in Sam and Cat. Okay. Okay. Not not things that I've seen from the looks of it. She was in Zoolander. Too. Yeah, so she was an actress before she kind of blew up as a as a pop star, and it's uh, I, it's a play that I've been wanting to see for a long time. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I do really love the theatre, but just it, it's not something that I get to do often because all the big productions are in like London. So unless you catch them touring or you make a special trip down, and it ends up being quite expensive. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm all for movie adaptations of these things. What I have done, actually, a few times is um, National Theatre records the actual stage plays and then yeah. broadcasts them in uh, in cinemas. So I have been to watch plays in the cinema a few times uh, just because it's, it's a, a cheaper and more convenient way to actually see the plays. But also, like, the, the camera gets right in there, so you end up with 
and such a different perspective on it than you would get actually watching it live. And yeah. you know, it's never quite a substitute for actually going to the theatre, but it, it is a really interesting, different perspective. There's some really good people in this as as well. Um, obviously, you've got Ariana uh, Grande, you've got um, Cynthia Erivo, who's playing El Faber, I think is how you say the name. Um, Ariana Grande is obviously playing Lindy. You've got Jonathan Bailey, who's from Bridgerton, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, yeah. You've got Keela Settle, who played the bearded lady in... In in Hugh Jackman invents a circus. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is in it as, as the wizard himself. Was. I can't think of a more wizardy voice. <laughs> Ethan Slate is in it, who's a singer. So there's some really good voices in there. Adam James is in there, who's been in a lot of things. I think it looks really good. It Something does. I have noticed in trailers for musicals, they always kind of shy away from the fact that it's a musical. They they very rarely... So, like, Mean Girls for Musical has recently been in cinemas. But from the trailer, it, it wasn't obvious that that's what it was. No. It wasn't obvious that it was a musical version. That is doing very well at the box office, though. I really want to see it. I love Mean I Girls. Do. It's a great film. Okay, so what other trailers were there? There was a Despicable Me 4 trailer. I mean, there's been a proper trailer, but at the Super Bowl, there was a, a, a fun little clip that just it showed the minions doing, like, AI work. So I guess the idea is when you put an AI prompt into an image generator, the minions quickly make you a picture and then send it back. Yeah. Um I think they are capitalising on it because the minions are the best thing about Despicable Me. Um, I think the one that surprised a lot of people is Twisters, which is the sequel to a 1996 film, Twister, which is, I was going to call it a cult classic. I don't think, I think it's too popular to be called cult, probably. But uh, yeah, it, one of those films that, you know, it, it came out and kind of took the world storm when it did hey see what you did there <laughs> it was by accident um and probably never needed a sequel but then neither did top gun and that did really well and is a good film so i'll be really interested to see how that comes out it kind of it, it looks a bit like a remake from the trailer like but then, you know, how much is there you can do with a twister apart from make another twister? Basically doing, like, tests on twisters, right? Yeah, but they're, they're basically storm chasers. Uh, but, yeah, you, you definitely watch Twister. It, uh, it's been years since I've seen it, but it is an enjoyable film. Um, The other big one that's been released in the Super Bowl isn't for a movie, it's for a TV show. But I wasn't actually aware was happening, and it's the Paramount Plus series Knuckles. Oh yeah, that looks great. Does it? Yeah, it looks funny. I don't know. I've liked both of the uh, Sonic movies so far, but mostly because of Jim Carrey. Yeah, I there the, there was nothing in this trailer. That the Hound really... is in this. 
Well, there was nothing in this trailer that really made me want to watch it. So again, it's probably one I'll wait and see the reaction to, but at the minute, I'm not sold. I'm more looking forward to Sonic 3, which will obviously feature Knuckles as well. Yeah. And I would imagine this will tie into it to an extent in the same way that the Marvel TV shows tend to tie into the films, which is like, if you've not seen the TV show, it's not a big deal, but if you have, there's an extra bit of context for you, is what I would imagine. Yeah. I just, um, I, it just it just looks funny to me. And then the other, the other trailer I quickly want to mention, it wasn't a Super Bowl one, but I think it's been released today or yesterday, is the new uh, Godzilla and Kong trailer. Which just looks like utter nonsense. <laughs> like I watched the first Godzilla versus Kong, and it, yeah, do you know what? I'm just something I'm just not interested in. Yeah, well, I I like Godzilla, and I like King Kong. Like, what's not to like about these like giant rampaging animals? I think the only one I've liked is Kong. Kong Kong was a brilliant film, but you yeah, like like watch uh, Godzilla minus one. That's like peak Godzilla. Is Godzilla done right? Are we saying peak as millennials would say, or peak as in Gen Z peak? What's the difference? Millennial peak is good. Gen Z peak is like bad. What? 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 Why? Why is it bad? Why? It's just a bit peak in it. What? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm a millennial. <laughs> I'm just on the border, so I learn. Oh no, good. Like, watch Godzilla. That is ridiculous, though, isn't it? That peak means bad. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like this this trailer for, I I can't even remember what it's called, because it's not Godzilla versus Kong now, because they're friends now. It's like Godzilla x Kong, the return of the Kongzillas. The new empire. The trailer kind of reminds me. Really? I'm going to look at it. Have I got to wait for you to watch this trailer? See how far I get on it. Do you know one thing I hate about Godzilla? He always seems to be standing in the ocean, but he's not tall enough to do that. Maybe he floats. He's floating very fucking stably. It just—it always really irks me. But he's just stood in the middle of the ocean. I don't think like—I don't think you ever see him stood in the middle of the ocean. Like you might see him stood like next to a bridge or something. Like he's usually next to land at least. If you see him in the middle of the ocean, you see him swimming, and it's just like his his fins, his little spike is sticking up. No, Godzilla, king of the monsters, is in the middle of water. He's got short ass legs, and he's just stood. Oh, he stood on a whale there, <laughs> <laughs> riding around like the whale turtle. <laughs> well, that looks utterly ridiculous. <laughs> The only exciting thing about that trailer is the cute baby Kong. It reminds me of, like, trailers for Transformers films, but not like the newer Transformers films, like the ones where it just turned into two hours of robots punching each other with no story. Yeah. I feel like the only good Transformers films, the first one. Um, Bumblebee was good. Oh, yeah, Bumblebee I mean, was like, really good. I mean, yeah. like Transformers movies. Yeah. Bumblebee was good. And Kong's got like a big metal glove now. Um, Infinity Gauntlet. 
there's an evil Kong. It looks like the evil Kong might have his own evil Godzilla as well. Yeah. Which, yeah, it just... <laughs> Are they all kaiju or is Godzilla just a kaiju? I think any, any like, giant... Animal. Yeah, any thing. any giant monster like that is a kaiju, I would say. I mean, you've, the Godzilla still stood in water. <laughs> Stupid. But, yeah, I... I feel like we've not talked about one, but I've, I'm surprised you've not brought it up yet. Oh, go on, then. X-Men 97. Oh, shit, X-Men 97. <laughs> Why I've, I've been waiting. That? I've been waiting. It looks really good. And I'm just really before you end the podcast, I'm like, you know, have you forgot anything or... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think X-Men 97 looks great. Like, I love that they've stuck to the original yeah. uh, like I, animation I, I style. I didn't think they was going to, but it, I'm glad they did. It's like the original style, but it still it looks updated. Like, yeah. It's the original style, but done in high def. Like, the it's colors just weird, pop a bit it? more. It's a bit weird, really, because yeah. it's like that animation, but it's different. Uh, but, yeah, like, I really, I really uh, liked that trailer, and... I, I want to like. When does that come out? I don't think it's all that long. I kind of want to rewatch all the original X Men cartoon first. Jesus Christ, I'll take you a while. Well, the first thing I did when Disney Plus came out was rewatch the nineties uh, Spider Man cartoon, and that had a crossover episode with X Men. It was uh, March done around the same time. Yeah, so I'm probably not going to manage that. There's some really cool things in there, lad. There's a bit where Gambit jump, jumps on the back of Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. And, like, makes his claws club. Yeah. Even, I, I loved Cyclops using Professor X's famous line, to me, my X-Men. No, I didn't like it. Did you not? No. <laughs> this prick. And then there's the, uh, the twist right at the very end that it looks like Magneto now owns Xavier's school for the gifted. Yeah. When Cyclops said that line, though, I did just... Uh, I can't remember what movie this is from. It's um, from Harry Potter. It's like, how dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> well, how dare you stand where he sat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's in like, the terms of the will. Like, look, you, you, you can have the school... But you you'd have to ride have around to, in a, a wheelchair. All you time. do have to break your spine first. <laughs> just, just like fucking with people is like, I'll give you this, but you have to ride around in a wheelchair. <laughs> I went to a science museum in Manchester. I saw Stephen Hawking's wheelchair. Was he still in it? No, he's dead. No, no. <laughs> I just thought you might like to know. Oh, uh, that is cool. That is very cool. Okay, so um, let's do something we've not done for a while. Oh, God. Let's do some recommendations. Da, 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 da. This segment is the recommendations. There you go. So what we normally do here is I'll recommend something new that I've watched and you'll recommend something from 20 years ago that you've just discovered. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so what have I been watching? I watched... Um, I really and I think you know a lot of people are on board with this. I really like murder documentaries. I know I'm not alone there. There's one on Netflix that 
and, and the good thing is it's a, it's a one-off like it's a documentary film it's not going to be like a 10-hour series which puts me off sometimes like oh this looks interesting oh i've got to like dedicate the next six months of my life to it it's called i think it's called lover stalker killer i've heard a lot about this yeah it was really good um, there's there's some interesting twists in it. I mean, some of them I saw coming, uh, but it, it was a really good, just one of those unbelievable. It's a documentary style. No, no it's a documentary. Is it just a straight up documentary? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the reviews I seen were saying it was documentary style, so I was like, oh, okay. Is it like a? They're all actors, but this. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, so it's it's just one of those documentaries that's just, you know, un- unbelievable twists and turns. Like, you cannot imagine these things actually happening, yet they did. Um, and, you know, the people that they happened to through no fault of their own, it's just uh, crazy bad luck um, through through online dating. Um, and it gave me flashbacks. I don't know if you ever saw the documentary that came out in like 2009 it was called tall hot blonde um which i think was the first kind of like catfishing documentary i saw because it was it was you know a different landscape then online dating wasn't as prevalent as it is now but yeah so i i would recommend love a stalker killer I would also, off the back of that, recommend Tall Hot Blonde, although I can't find that streaming anywhere for free. And it's spelt weirdly because it it was a person's online handle. So it's all one word, but Tall is spelt with one L and Blonde is missing the E off the end. So it's like Towel Hot Blonde. So I've been watching that. I've also, I've just finished watching uh, Lessons in Chemistry, which I know I've mentioned to you before. Starring Brie Larson. There is nothing that I will not watch Brie Larson in. She is a queen. And you're in the minority. <laughs> I am not. I am clearly not. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 show itself is fantastic. It's based on a book. Um, and uh it's set in it's set in the 60s, I believe, the 50s or the 60s. And it's about a female chemist and the the kind of prejudices and preconceived notions that people have about her. Yeah. And also, like, some shocking twists in that as well. Like, there's, it, it's, not, it's not a particularly uplifting watch through a lot of it. But it was a great series and uh, highly recommended. The other one that I am currently watching, it's on Apple TV and they've not finished releasing it yet. I think there's another episode or maybe two. Uh, and that's called Criminal Record. And that's starring Peter Capaldi. And it is about... Uh, well, it's kind of about corruption in the police force and the lengths that people will go to to get a conviction and 
again, prejudices that people have. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away. But so in the first episode, there's a 999 call comes in where someone says, like, I'm worried that my boyfriend is going to kill me. And he has told me that he has killed someone before and that there's currently a man serving 23 years in prison for that murder. So he knows he can get away with it. He's got away with it before and he can do it again. Um, and it, it's basically like one cop's crusade to try and free the person who is who, who has been wrongly convicted and is serving time in prison. And then Peter Capaldi was the arresting officer on that case. So uh, she's confronting him. He's trying to brush it away because obviously he doesn't want to be seen to have done anything wrong. Yeah regardless of whether the person in prison is innocent or not. Like, you know, he's trying to cover his own back because it's his career that he's protecting. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll not say any more on that one, but that it has been such a fantastic series, uh, and I will be sad when that's over. Right, what have I been watching from 20 years ago? Because um, I think the thing is, like, obviously we've got things that we watch, like... F- not not just for the podcast, but the things that we talk about mainly on the podcast. And I think I like to have something to just binge, like that's got a, lo- a lot of series already out and I can just binge it in between those things coming out. So obviously I said I watched Gossip Girl. I think I said that in the last one. Finish that. I've been watching lately Masters of Sex. Oh, yeah, I heard that that was very good. That came out it, a while it is, ago. It is fantastic. I'm on... I'm on the last season now, I think, and it is it is so good, and it kind of shows how far we've come since then. So obviously, it's all based off a true story, but in a way, it also shows us how far we've like circled, because it's all about the you know shine away from the conversation of sex um, and the stigma around it, and we, I feel like we've come kind of full circle, but also. The fact that of being a woman in like 1960s, 1950s, 1960s, and also being a different race other than white in, in that time period or a different sexuality. Um, and it is it is really, really good. It's a really good watch. Um, definitely worth it. The other thing I watched was Reacher on Amazon Prime. I've heard very good things about Reacher. Which is fantastic. It took me a while to realise where I remember Alan Richardson from. I think it was Blue Mountain State, <laughs> if you've ever watched it. No. Blue Mountain State is fantastic. It's a bit like... It's basically like American Pie in a series, in a way. Okay. Uh, but it's about a football team, and it's it's got that kind of American Pie, Van Wilder yeah. feel. Um, so that that is very good, but yeah, Reacher is really good. Um, just finished the second season that's just come out, and that is great. Have you been playing anything lately? I have been playing uh, Sea of Stars, and it's it's a really really fun. It's like a classic RPG. It's like a homage to the like old NES RPGs. Um, it reminds me a lot of a game we've spoken about on Golden here Sun. before, Golden Sun. 
um, very reminiscent of Golden Sun, very reminiscent of the old Final Fantasy games. Uh, but yeah, I'm completely hooked on that at the minute. Um, also, the other day I finally platinumed Dead Island 2. Okay. Uh, so uh, Phil, who was on our gaming special podcast yeah. episode, uh, came around, both sat there with a, a TV each in our, on our PlayStations and got the multiplayer trophies that we needed for Dead Island. And, I, feel, uh, I feel like we are due another gaming special. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've already got a guest lined up. Okay. For uh, specifically to talk about Baldur's Gate quite in a hell of a lot of detail, but we can now. I'm uh, still waiting for Baldur's Gate to release crossplay. I know. We've got Dead Island 2 we can speak about. Um, I need to finish playing the DLC for that, which I haven't. Yeah, I haven't played the DLC. Um, I've started playing it. It's um, creepy as shit. <laughs> Like, even more so, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I thought, I'm going to restart as a new character and then do the DLC. Um, so I think we are due a gaming spectacular. What I've been playing, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I've been playing a lot of fan-made Pokemon games lately. Okay, yeah. Um, so things like Radical Red, I'm currently playing... Radical Red, I love because it, it, it's just... The most infuriating Pokemon game. Because normally, like, I like playing Pokemon games, and I'm one of them people on a normal Pokemon game. I'm just pretty much got all attacking moves on my Pokemon, and I type match. Yeah. So I'm just switching Pokemon in and out to type match rather than, you know, using um, status and effect moves. Well, you, you just can't do that on Radical Red. Because it's the difficulty is being bumped to ridiculous. Yeah, um, and I'm just playing currently playing Light Platinum, which is just completely. It's got all of the Gen One, Two, Five Pokemon in, but it's kind of completely complete story. The story's the story's great. It's about Arceus and all the Pokemon he created revolt, all the legendaries revolting against him because of the evil team in in the game. Okay. What I like about it is that the people that created it took the time to include your responses. Do you know on normal Pokemon games, you talk to someone, they just talk, and you're silent, basically. Oh, okay. They've put script in for your character, so oh, it's a good. two-way conversation. Yeah. I heard of a Pokemon, a fan-made Pokemon game that's called, I think it's Pokemon Merge, someone told me about. Yes. And that's meant to be very good. Uh, Pokemon Fusion. Fusion, that's it. Yeah, so you where you can fuse Pokemon, like some a lot of them, they have picked sprite made sprites for the fusions. Yeah, but obviously they can't do it for everyone, so some of them look a bit glitchy. Yeah, but yeah, they're mine. What I want to do is I want to get everyone else to recommend to me because what I've been trying to do lately, because I'm my sleep sleeping pattern is and watching shows is fine because i need noise when i go to sleep i can't sleep yeah. in silence because my mind just races um but if i'm watching something on tv that's too gripping i can't stop watching and i, I stay awake because i've been trying I'm, i want to listen to more podcasts for that reason but also because we do a podcast 
So I want recommendations on podcasts. Okay, well, I can recommend you a few that I listen to. So I listen to a few Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. So uh, Dragon Friends is my absolute favorite. And it's absolutely mental um, because it's a group of Australian comedians who at the beginning have never played D&D before. And they, they they do just do their best to to derail it and take the piss. And there's some episodes where like they don't even end up rolling the dice because they're spending the entire time just role playing and not getting anywhere near anything that the DMs actually planned. Um, and that's that, like my D D game. That can be a lot of fun. Like I that is probably like my favorite podcast. It's what as soon as a new episode pops, I listen to it. Um there was that one. There's not another D and D podcast, which is similar. It's a comedy D and D podcast, but they do do a lot more, you know, actual playing. My other like favorite podcast that I I subscribe to the Patreon for is the QI podcast, which is called No Such Thing as a Fish, and they've got oh. hundreds and hundreds of episodes. That uh, sounds so- like it might be quite good. Would I need to start I- from the beginning or? You don't need to know, but like I said, there are hundreds. Like, yeah. start the most recent and work your way backwards. Um, but I know that's just been added to BBC Sounds. Okay. Uh, ad-free as well. So it's on the usual podcast places, but if you listen to it on there, it's ad-free. Yeah, because I noticed I was trying to listen to one yesterday. I started off with True Crime, because I've heard that a lot of people listen to True Crime podcasts before they go to sleep. I turned that off within 30 seconds because it was creeping the shit out of me. I was laid in bed there, eyes closed, and it's talking about in New Orleans, like you're in it's it, the middle of the night, you're in bed, your eyes are starting to close, and and it plays a noise, and it's like, and you hear a noise. What was that? And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Stop talking <laughs> about axe murderers. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not a good one to go to sleep to. But a lot of people do it. It's I starting to think they're psychopaths. Because as, as soon as it started playing, I was uneasy, but it played like on Spotify, which is weird because I'm not used to it, but it played three or four ads before yeah. the episode. Um, a podcast that, that I've listened to like since it first started, which basically gave me the idea for, for what became News of the Nerd. Um, it's what made me think like, yeah, I, I could talk about this stuff. Um, and it's it's called Cinematic Universe. Um, but every week they spoke about like a different superhero or comic book film. So if you go back to the beginning on that, like early on, they do like Iron Man. They work their way through all the MCU films. So they've done all the X-Men films, but they've done like lesser known films as well. But they, they kind of, they exhausted their list of films to talk about. So they still do new releases, but they've just started talking about any other film now. So okay. They did Poor Things that came out in cinema the yeah. other week, um, and they've done one on Shortcomings, which came out last year that um, I watched because of that podcast and, and really enjoyed. Uh, so that's uh, it's a decent one to listen to as well. And just before we go, I want to mention I am reading Spider-Boy by Dan Slott, um, and I've also been continued reading, I know I mentioned it before, but The Incredible Hulk... Uh, current run. I did previously give away some digital comic codes for the Incredible Hulk comic books. So after the credits on this episode, I'll give away some more codes that I've accumulated in the meantime. 
so yeah, I think that's it for this episode anyway. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us on notnpod at gmail.com or you can message us on Twitter or pretty much anywhere else on social media. We are at News of the Nerd. If you'd like to help this podcast grow, if you've enjoyed listening, then please give us a rating on your podcast app of choice, especially uh, on Apple Podcasts. And please subscribe so that you don't miss the next episode. And the most useful thing you can do to help us is to tell your friends, uh, tell anybody that you think would be interested in hearing us ramble on about Deadpool and X-Men and whatever other nonsense we've spoken about. So until next episode, that's goodbye from me. Au revoir, passe un moment marvelleux. And whatever he said. I said goodbye, have a beautiful time. Thank you for sticking with us till the end. So here are the codes for another four issues of The Incredible Hulk. And to redeem these, you just go to marvel.com slash redeem. So the code for issue five is XHB4XHL5WYC77. The code for issue six is S3NMW9AXD9WC1. The code for issue 7 is 1Q8VLF0D78N9R. So that's all the Incredible Hulk codes for now. Uh, I've also got here a code for Spider-Man India, issue one, which is QE5BK1PLJ3HT8.